Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 40 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. Can you believe it? We're on episode 40. I know I can't. Is this recording? (laughs) Is the next question. Oh, looks like it is. Cool. We're in business. So, on today's episode, I am joined by a man, a myth, a legend, um, Mr. Thomas Vipond. Thomas is a man who I have spent the past five years working with at VaynerMedia, um, and honestly, he is the person I go to if I want advice about about things to do with my work in marketing, about general marketing. He's a fucking ridiculously smart man, Oxford educated to the master's level in chemistry, and then he took the obvious next step of getting into a career in marketing. Um, but boy, does he know what he's talking about. And in this week's episode, I think... I mean, I think there's a lot in here for anyone who's interested in any sort of marketing, honestly. But specifically, a lot of focus around sort of small businesses, how to market, maybe if you don't have that much of a budget, you know, where the biggest opportunities are now and into the future. Um, and, And I think there's definitely one of the big things I would say about this episode is I think there's a lot of stuff in here that's not necessarily sort of run of the mill advice. There's a lot beyond what you would normally get advice. So I think there's a lot of value to be had because I think pretty much anyone listening will find at least one or two new suggestions in here that they probably haven't thought of um and that will hopefully get them some great big business results which is the name of the game um speaking of small businesses this week's episode is unofficially sponsored by pappy.ie p-a-p-i.ie the finest and greatest men's jewelry brand potentially to ever have existed um Certainly, if, if it's not known for that yet, that's that's how people will talk about it, I'm confident. Um, so, if you are a man, or you know a man, uh, get on pappy.ie and buy some fucking jewellery, or else. And then, once you've done that, go to artbyangus.com and buy some fine abstract art. Um, uh, we talk about also my, uh, I mentioned in this episode, my goal of having 100,000 tiktok subscribers by the end of the year which i like to set outlandish goals if you've been listening for a while you might know that but this week it's become slightly less of a pipe dream and we're getting closer more to come on that in next week's episode which will be the first inaugural episode of the monthly report which is replacing the weekly report because i fucking wasn't arse doing that every week it was too much stress and there wasn't enough insights um i just slapped my leg that's what that sound was doesn't translate on audio um (laughs) Alright, other than that, um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, leave a review saying that it's great or that it's fucking the worst podcast you've ever listened to, whatever you want, this review still probably help the algorithm even if it's a bad review. Let me get my guitar so we can introduce this puppy. It's not actually a puppy, it's a podcast. But you know what I fucking mean. Yeah? Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Tommy V, Thomas Vipon, welcome to the podcast. Good evening. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Very well. Very well. Happy to hear it. Um, well, like I said, by the time people are listening to this, they will have already heard the intro, which I'm sure will go into detail of what a glorious human you are um, and indeed glorious marketer. But I guess to start, do you want to give a little intro of yourself to the the fine listeners 
Yeah, uh, my name's Thomas. Um, I worked at VaynerMedia uh, for the last five years alongside Angus. Um, I've run multi-million campaigns on uh, digital media um, and just have kind of a general interest in marketing. Uh, so pleased to be here uh, to discuss it with you, Angus. Looking excited to have you here, my friend. Um, and yeah, I'm sure I'll have discussed this in the intro, but Thomas is one of my most trusted advisors when I seek any advice around sort of Facebook ads, all other digital ads, and just marketing in general. And he's a fucking genius. So strap yourselves in and get ready for some knowledge. Um, you touched on it already. You're interested in marketing, and I know uh, you similar similar logical career path to me in terms of what you studied and then where you went. Um, me going from zoology into marketing, and you taking the very obvious step, I think, of chemistry into marketing. Um, but I know that that's sort of based out of the fact that you've always been interested in marketing. So I'd love to hear a bit about, I guess, where that interest started and how that sort of how you yeah how that interest first sparked in your mind I think yeah for sure uh so I think I'm anyone who knows me would say I don't really like spending more than I have to on anything <laughs> uh <Understand>. so, I, <laughs> so I think uh it I was really interested in the fact that like brands create value and that a white t-shirt that objectively uh is the same quality as another one could have a logo on it and be worth uh, 10 times more, uh, if not more. And what, what it was that was creating that like human decision-making um, to decide to uh, spend spend like your hard-earned money um, on something um, because of a brand. Mm -hmm. um, I did kind of research into it uh, when I was at school. Um, and so there was like a extended project um, where you could just go into like any topic you want, which I thought was was really great. Um, and just researching more around it, I got more interested um, into that kind of human decision making. Um, I did a particular project on like Coca-Cola and how, again, uh, it went against uh, their objective test that they'd done when they introduced new Coke, uh, which is a really famous kind of case study example, if anyone wanted to read up on it, um, where Pepsi were just outselling them or gaining on them um, mm -hmm. because they did like this coke pepsi taste challenge uh and people with more people were choosing pepsi than coke coke changed their formula um in order to like be the favorite um and rebranded it new coke and basically that led to a drop in sales um because people didn't have the same kind of brand feeling uh toward towards uh towards this new coke than regular coke even mm -hmm. though objectively um, people preferred the taste. So I think that kind of interested me. I think there's uh, like TED Talks I've watched by Rory Sutherland again, uh, where, where he kind of talks about that intangible value um, that brands create. And yeah, I think it was just uh, my, my wanting to understand like the humor and decision making uh, around that. I heard in those Coke and Pepsi taste tests that Pepsi won because it was like a small sip. And Pepsi's sweeter and people liked it but then if people drank the whole can people preferred coke yeah yeah I think there's a load of hypotheses around like <laughs> what what went wrong with that campaign um and it's definitely an interesting one to kind of read up on um but yeah uh all, all kind of different marketing techniques uh 
and definitely knew Coke was a flop uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> so what is it from that? Because that's I think that's super interesting. What it, what from your research is it specifically that sort of I mean I don't know I don't know the answer to this question. Like what is it that causes that? What what yes. mechanism our brain makes us be illogical because of a brand and pay ten x for a t shirt that's got a logo on it? Well, I think I think in the fashion industry, it's more about you're advertising yourself when you're wearing a particular outfit. Mm -hmm. Like what you say, what you're wearing says a lot about you. Even if you decide not to wear a brand, that says something about you that you you're not interested uh, in those things. So I think it's it's part of like uh, peacocking. I think it's called where mm -hmm. you're like showing <laughs> off uh, and showing showing like talking. Exactly. Um, it, but, it, but you could be wearing like sustainable brands like Patagonia and that could say something about you. It could be to like a, around the different groups uh, of people and it's like something where which brings you together. Um, and I think all of it kind of goes back to our, uh, I guess, prehistoric brain and have it, mm. having to make kind of quick decisions and not having a lot of information um, to make it on. Um, yeah yeah our biggest downfall are lizard brains um so i guess when you you know that a long-standing interest in marketing you've had any standout campaigns that you think are particularly noteworthy or, or interesting to you yeah i think i think any campaigns which uh get your attention and take uh, don't kind of blend into the background of good ones i remember there was one last year um, which WWF did, um, the charity um, on around Black Friday, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and it was playing on uh, these things are running out and you didn't really realize it was a uh, WWF campaign uh, until you got a little bit into the video. So maybe not uh, digital best practice there, hmm. but it was a very like, uh, it was a very interesting kind of play on it. And it, it definitely kind of captured um, my attention. I think uh, I like any ones where they try and reverse uh, people's perceptions as well. Uh, so I actually don't really like Coke. I much prefer Pepsi, but Coke did this uh, very good advert, uh, I thought, where it was about like the number of calories in Coca-Cola. Um, mm. And instead of kind of talking about that as like a negative and the uh, health uh, risks that that kind of has, it talks about uh, the extra calories uh, gave you more energy to do uh, certain like happy things like dancing, jumping on a tra trampoline, like, <laughs> playing with your dog, uh, these kind of things. So I kind of love those ones which poke at people's perceptions. Um, I guess another example is McDonald's uh, recently um, when they're kind of talking about what they put into their food um, and kind of sh shaming people who uh, think that it is kind of all chemically mass produced um and, and uh showing showing off like the what that what they actually have in their food like free range eggs and stuff like that the eggs are literally the best thing in mcdonald's um <laughs> i i only recently realized this uh because i i think you know this i i gave up mcdonald's and started this year having gone legitimately bar the days it was shut because of lockdown like every day in 2020 pretty much at least for coffee and very often for food as well. Um, and I only, when I stopped, realized that every bus stop 
so my house is right beside of McDonald's and every bus stop either end of the road all the way up the big road leading towards McDonald's every bus stop all year round is a McDonald's ad and like legit I'd say at least 20% of the times I got McDonald's was because I walked past one of those ads and it was subconscious I only realized after I stopped eating McDonald's but like they're fucking geniuses in marketing and their food just looks so drill worthy on those posters yeah absolutely definitely uh location uh targeting of those adverts uh definitely works when you need one yeah i'm a sucker for it <laughs> um i had dan and gate who you will know from also vayner media experience um on the podcast and we talked about the first portion of the interview we talked about like their advice and their thoughts and the process of getting into marketing from the sort of creative side and obviously that's one side of the spectrum which I guess anyone who wants to be a Don Draper who actually you know makes the creative of the ads that's very much the route that they would want to take but you and I have gone a bit of a different route which I think could be of interest to a lot of people which is more the the ad buying side that sort of stuff and for anyone who would like to get into that sort of world, do you have any advice for like how to break in or or how did, and, and I guess pairing with that question, how did you go about finding a company to work for in marketing as well? Yeah, well, I think I think I was very surprised just by the number of roles and the different roles that you can have in marketing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I didn't really know people who worked in marketing, uh, didn't couldn't really tell you the difference between like an account manager a media analyst, a creator, uh, I, ha- I had no idea. So I definitely, I definitely, when I was applying, was just looking up uh, advertising agencies uh, and sending off applications. <laughs> I think from both like mine and your experience, it's not necessary to have like uh, education in marketing. Um, and like that, I think that's one of the good things about working um, in agencies, you can join those starting roles um, with with like better, huge variety of backgrounds. And it's just about making sure that you have like an interest in it and have done a bit of online research, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to know uh, how, how, how advertising works in the particular area um, that you're that you're going into. Um, yeah, I think I think ha- having having a genuine, genuine passion for it. Um, and and knowing kind of doing that background research to understand which area you think your skills would most suit because as I say there's so many roles uh, and so many different teams uh, it can be a bit of a minefield I think um, but yeah I would just say go for it it's a, it's a great industry yeah and echoing that like the experience thing I think even I would go as far as to say there's you zero percent need to have a degree like if somebody spent three months like spending their dedicating like all of their days to like learning things online doing like a facebook blueprint certification around their ad products or google learning about all like there's so many free resources for and like like i did a master's in marketing and almost everything i learned at least in the beginning was from reading like the google google lessons about google search up search advertising rather than anything i'd learned in university and i think people sort of underestimate that that i think you could literally get a free uh, education on the internet maybe chance your arm in and work for free for somebody for three months running ads for them and then you could very easily get your foot in the door at a at a, an agency i think yeah I absolutely yeah i think um 
I definitely enjoyed my university experience and would would do it again even though as you say like I studied chemistry rather than marketing and I wouldn't wouldn't not do that um but yeah definitely there's so many resources online now it's not a prerequisite uh to to, to starting marketing at all so where do you think the biggest opportunities are for marketers I guess starting to think a bit more through the lens of you know the listeners of this podcast being sort of creators and and creative people early in their journey who are maybe trying to market themselves but don't have necessarily big budgets or anything like that where do you think the opportunities for the next few years maybe lie for them well i'm probably going to reflect a lot of what you uh have said on this podcast already <laughs> but i do think like tiktok is a big opportunity um just because of the organic reach you can get there if you're a small business and you don't have a lot of marketing spend um there is like the potential to go viral there um and if you want to hear just, about going viral on tiktok listen to the previous episode that's come out by the time this podcast airs <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i think uh being a small business you probably have the advantage of speed um mm -hmm. and you can jump on thing trends and things like that quicker um so 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 using that to your advantage I think if I had a bit of a marketing budget, I would probably try and replicate what the bigger brands do uh, in terms of a marketing funnel, which mm -hmm. is kind of the concept that you have to be aware of something before you would consider buying it. Uh, and you kind of need to show, give people a reason to consider purchasing your product um, before they before they will. Yeah. But maybe if your budget's not huge, refining that down to kind of a local scale. Um, because I I, th I do think that digital works better um, when you when you have other uh, channels in the mix as well, and I think word of mouth is like a is like a huge thing uh, within marketing and people's reviews. So if you can narrow that audience down um, on digital, um, so that those people are also maybe seeing your ads in the local paper um, as well as seeing it on Facebook, I think that that would just help to. Uh, heighten the sense of uh, the brand kind of being uh, legitimate and um, backing backing it up. Yeah, um, I think reviews is such an underrated thing, especially on Google. The um, like the amount of the amount of traction they can get, and uh, shout out uh, what what's it called? South Dublin minibus fire. South Dublin minibus hire for anyone in Dublin who needs a minibus. Um, hit them up and check out their great reviews on Google. Uh, my friend has a bus company in Ireland and like he has super good reviews on Google. And so when people are searching for buses, he's showing up in that sort of, you know, that organic business results with the five star review average. It's like that social proof element. I think reviews are so underestimated as like a tool for, I guess, pushing people more to be more likely to trust a business yeah what well, 100 um there's some research recently done by google or not not that recent anymore uh around the messy middle and decoding decisions uh if people wanted to look it up and social proof um was definitely uh the kind of main factor uh which influenced people's decisions um towards one brand or another i think uh what i what i've said about digital there and going local um, obviously has it has its nuances if you're if you're a really specific product and you've not got you're not got mass appeal um then obviously digital and like going going 
finding your niche um it, it yeah. is, is better it's better uh on maybe a national or even international level um with things like youtube where you could just target a specific channel um or a specific video um to to get to find to find people who are going to be interested in your product i've recently just set up my uh i still haven't made a wikipedia page which i know is something you've been telling me to do for at least a year <laughs> but i did recently set up art by angus as on google my business because i realized that i live literally next door to two art museums and anyone who's looking for them on the maps is going to start seeing art by angus now because it's right next door uh hello awareness yes good move good move I'm delighted um, <laughs> so i guess thinking continuing to think about you know the target listener of this podcast people who are maybe either you know early starting a business early starting some sort of creative venture where they're they're trying to sell and i guess trying to grow a following and and trying to grow engagement etc on social media what because i know you and i spent a lot of our time spent a lot of our time sort of in the weeds of different metrics and you know measuring how performance is understanding what means something's doing well or something's doing poorly what do you think some of the key metrics people should look at early on are yeah so i think it is difficult i think i think you don't want to look at one metric only and just for, and, for, and focus exclusively on that uh you need to do kind of take things in the round um which being a probably a smaller business is is probably more uh feasible mm -hmm. i think reach is like a really important one um just to know how many people are seeing your content um and then organically you're you're kind of limited in, in what you can see but obviously engagement is an important one um but thinking about the that engagement more deeply and what's valuable to your business um like if someone follows you off of a post it probably means a lot more than someone giving you a like um, because they've chosen that they want to see more of your content mm -hmm. if people are sharing uh your content uh that's that's also great uh because it allows you to Kind of hit that first uh, metric we talked about with reach um, and reaching out into a new, completely new audience. But I think kind of take it taking all three of those uh, different metrics in the round, um, and also considering your creative. Like you can get something to have a lot of reach, but if it doesn't talk about your brand at all, um, then then what's the point? You've just shared like a funny cat video. <laughs> I think that's so true and like not even necessarily even in the world of like a creative and when we say creative for anyone who's listening who maybe that sounds like jargon it just means like whatever the post is like the picture and the copy the text below whatever it is um even when they're even if you have 10 posts that are all related to what you're selling or whatever in like I found I've been running little test spends of of budget on Instagram um, where I like boost different posts and I've been looking at the different performance and like a lot of them I've spent, you know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. I don't think I've even gotten that far, like 20 pounds maybe. And it would get no followers. You can see how many followers has this post driven. And then I got one, one that just sort of was like, oh, I've gotten like 10 followers from this post. So I think it is so important that if you just, I think a lot of people will start and boost one post and be like, oh, just doesn't work. It must not work for me sort of thing. But I think yeah. like all of my things were just photos of paintings and just this one just happened to 
for whatever reason be super engaging for people so i think yeah it's so important that you're testing lots of different things to to ultimately understand what works i guess yeah yeah 100 uh creative is one of if not the biggest uh factor in success um so yeah definitely t test a few don't just try one and then write it off as a strategy what about platforms where should people be paying attention where do you think they should be focusing their energy um so i think as we said like TikTok is is a is a big one um again i would probably use that mainly for like awareness and reaching new audiences um i think if you if you are like a small business and you're local i think there's a lot of engagement in facebook groups um and a lot of those posts kind of get promoted a bit more to the newsfeed um by the algorithms there um which can, so that can be a great place to get kind of quality engagement um with your brand i think if you're if you're looking at doing advertising and you don't have uh like strong uh customer data uh that you can like retarget off of um i think google is probably a, is is a great place to start just because of the massive massive data they have there mm -hmm. um thinking of things like <laughs> yeah uh thinking of things like youtube and targeting specific videos which are really into your niche or um doing a little bit of google search um in your area um and thinking of those keywords i think i think I, both of those things um would be where my focus was and i guess this is a, a verbal tick I have. I'm trying to cure myself of I. I say I guess far too much on podcasts. It's like how I, I'm trying to just you know when you watch the news, the fucking person doing the interview doesn't start each question by saying I guess. They just ask the question, and every time I fucking say I guess, and then I change the subject. It's You're just just, just smoothing out the interview. Yeah, I know it's, it's such it's an good. unnatural way to, <laughs> like, to just have someone say something and then you just ask a question that's completely unrelated to what they say. But it's what I, it's a skill I need to develop. Anyway, I guess. <laughs> what was I going to ask? What do you think are some of the key for again? You know, we've talked about who the target person is. What? How should they be thinking if they're trying to? If they're trying to grow on social media and like their digital presence i guess how what are the like strategies tactics they should be thinking about in order to to grow themselves other than going to the gym <laughs> um, i i think uh quantity of content is important um but a high number of quality uh which is, is always like e easy to say and harder um to actually actually do yourself but think about like how you can reuse videos that you've if you feel if you've done if you've done a TikTok, uh and would recommend kind of using a different app to record it just so that you don't keep keep have the issues with the watermark or you can just um, google i just did this about 15 minutes ago you can google uh well 30 minutes ago you can google um TikTok watermark remover and you can just paste the link and it downloads the version without it yeah, but agreed. You should build it out. So it's just easier than that, Faf. <laughs> well, e either either or. Um, but use that use that on uh, Instagram Reels as well. Use it on YouTube Shorts. Um, like use it use it across platforms. Um, but like when you're when you are posting content, 
think about like how it's going to give value to your audience um so if you're if you're not i i see a lot of brands kind of posting quotes um or little little kind of snippets or motivational things if, if it's not really related to your brand think is someone following me for that content or have they followed me in your case angus because they, they want to see my art um oh obviously it's okay to throw a bit of variety into the mix but i think a quantity of quality posts um and what people have signed up for uh it it is good i think that second point is one <laughs> one that was lost on me for a long time and i was just like all you need to do is just loads of content and eventually it will work and i sort of missed the nuanced point that like if you just do loads of shit content you're not going to grow anywhere so uh, i think that's a really important thing is like yes you need to be churning out a volume of content and i think like we said about that that one one post that got all the followers versus all the other ones that didn't like you need to be doing the volume in order to be testing what's working and what's not but you do also need to make sure that it's not terrible quality or like you're just setting yourself up for failure yeah exactly and it and it is a lot easier to just kind of sit here and say that um than actually go out and execute it um but but definitely like quality as they say is uh subjective quantity isn't um so Mm -hmm. do, do do still post on kind of that daily daily basis another plug um for another friend's business pappy.ie i believe their instagram is pappy.ie underscore um my friend paul and elena shout out both of them just launched a jewelry business and i think I think it could be just a useful example to a give them some good advice and b sort of illustrate the point for the for anyone listening like how if someone's starting to test spends because i guess here's my candid opinion i i'm like <laughs> i honestly think like running paid advertising yes it will do something or whatever but like i think below a hundred thousand pound budget you're like kind of just shooting in the dark and you just don't have enough time for things like algorithms to figure out what works and what doesn't so in a world of you know not six figure budgets how should people be going about starting to dip their toes in the water of paid advertising where do you think the best places and what do you think are the best ways to start that yeah i, th I think the the easiest thing is obviously boosting those posts um that's that seems like is a very straightforward way i would say that i think you can do a lot more um using facebook ads manager um than you can mm -hmm. through just kind of that that basic boosting option but obviously it's uh it's a much easier um kind of process and, and it is good to kind of get a feel for the amount of people who will see your content based on um even even those small amounts of spend i think it's important to think about who your target audience is and really kind of narrow in on that. Um, so are people more likely to be buying this as a gift or are they buying it for themselves? Um, what time of year um, do I do I think uh, people are most likely uh, to be buying this product and kind of think, thinking about that when you're doing your advertising um, spend that, so that you can spend it mo as efficiently as possible. Um, I think, 
exploiting like if you've not got a huge budget think about everywhere you can get free uh kind of exposure first mm-hmm. um so you've spoken about kind of google um google my business um which is is a really is a really thing that i think you should definitely do um but in the case of the jewelry business thinking about pinterest um people go there for kind of outfit ideas uh so that would seem like a really good fit um maybe styling it alongside uh the types of uh maybe clothing you'd expect people to wear with it mm-hmm. um and I, I think i think i think that would be a strong strategy to begin with i enjoyed the way you said they go there for outfits and then you said that would be a good fit because people say that about outfits. Um, speaking of good fits, if you want to look fresh, go to pappy.ie and buy some fucking jewellery. I'd rather you buy some pappy jewellery than the painting from our Angus. Because um, you can wait 10 years, and when you're richer, you can buy a painting from our Angus. But go buy some pappy jewellery. It's the freshest available on the internet. Um, and if you wear it, people will say that you've got a good fit. <laughs> All right, I'm done plugging other people's businesses now um what do you think the biggest mistakes are people make on social and digital um i think it's probably what we've spoken about um in terms of not being kind of considerate of what other people want to see um i think i think you can also think on the converse side think a bit too much about posts like if i asked you like can you remember the last five ads you saw angus on facebook you're you're probably not going to be able to tell me not a chance. Um, so don't kind of sweat the small details. Um, it, it is better to kind of get something out uh, or get five posts out than one post that you're is is really kind of polished. Um, do kind of post as much as much as you can as long as it's kind of that that quality content and think about like all of the different channels that you can use. Uh, so if you, if you are a niche, uh, like don't just stick to Facebook and Instagram, think about Pinterest, think about Reddit, uh, think, think about like where else on the internet you, you can appear. Are there any kind of blogs that, uh, you should be engaging with? Um, so yeah, think, think wider and think where your audience might be spending their time as well. I, I had great intentions of starting to post on Reddit and did one post and uh, that was about five months ago. Maybe I should revisit. <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> A solid uh, attempt. <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery. Um, speak, and that's a great segue into the next uh, sort of area of questioning, which is a purely selfish questioning which is about my business i want to ask your advice around that because again i think i just like how your brain works thomas and i think people will benefit from hearing about how you think and and if some of those people are me (laughs) so be it um so my first question about my content i guess whatever presence online what do you think i should do more of yeah so i I think you can definitely kind of branch out and do more i guess my first question for you Angus would be why why you decided to run your art under like your own profile and didn't spin it out into another account uh because I had an established following there uh so like starting from scratch seemed silly um 
that was the main reason, honestly, and like ease of management. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. I think, I think, yeah, having having that base is. I do is... think I might change my Instagram name to Art by Angus though, and just go whole hog because I just recently did that for TikTok. Because Dan and Gate were on, and Gate was like, "Oh, I searched Art by Angus, and I found this fucking TikTok page." And it was so embarrassing because it was a TikTok page that I set up on the 1st of January when I was full of beans and posted about <laughs> six times on and then never posted on again. So hopefully now if you search for our Angus on TikTok, the right thing will show up. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think one of the things I like about your website is kind of the humorous uh, descriptions uh, mm-hmm. you give about each of the paintings. And I'm not sure you kind of exploit that enough on um social so maybe like using multiple uh multiple posts like a carousel on instagram which which has that mm-hmm. um that the descriptions could be it could be an interesting thing to try um instagram shopping i don't know whether you've thought about kind of setting that up for the artwork obviously you have the website where people can buy um but have you considered that i haven't um I, well i have but i haven't actioned it so i've thought about it yes um but yeah, you're right. I should get on that. Um, and then the other thing I think is you have a lot of pictures of your art, but I, I wondered whether you'd considered maybe making those pictures kind of more professional. Um, yeah. <laughs> whether like I like I like the tactful approach to that question. You you can speak candidly. They're awful. They're better than they were though because I retook them all. They're less shit. They are still shit, but they're less shit. Yeah, like <laughs> may, maybe it's like putting it. I, I I swear there's websites where you can get things to like be placed on a wall or something. Yeah, um, I reckon I would have yeah. sold twice as many paintings by now if if I had that sort of a style of website. Oh, you're completely right. Um, and then the, then my other kind of question is going to be, you, you like it's great to sell directly from your site, but also like thinking just about the stage you're at at the moment. Um, like have you considered selling on stuff like Etsy or eBay um, and just seeing how that goes I think eBay has a really cool like advertising feature Uh, I think you have to be like a top seller but where you where you can put money against your listing to get it viewed more um, but you're you only put like a percentage of the sale so unless you sell the product you wouldn't pay anything um and I think oh. at kind of this stage you're at, like getting the increase, like reach and people seeing your um, artwork more. Um, maybe it may be an interesting thing to try. Yeah, that could be good. All right. Um, I guess my, and like, to be honest, this is a stupid fear. Cause I was going to say my fear about like something like Etsy is that it sort of cheapens the brand a bit, I guess, but my own website is also doing that. So <laughs> um i was i was literally i think it was yesterday or maybe it was even this morning thinking about looking into how much it would cost to get because actually it's because of pappy i said i was done plugging but i'm not go buy some fucking pappy jewelry you're a piece of shit um i was looking at a a reel they just posted they've been crushing on reels by the way also getting like they've got like 400 followers and they've gotten like four thousand views on on reels um, but one of their reels was them getting product photos taken. And I was like, yeah, I should probably do that with someone who actually has, you know, a real camera and stuff. Because I think it does make such a difference. So I'll get on it. Yeah. 
And then I think something maybe a little bit outside of digital, uh, Angus, when, when we're on Zoom calls, I, I'm very aware that you've got quite a lot of paintings now uh, <laughs> in your apartment. Um, perhaps like finding like cafes or um, places which where you can exhibit them, where maybe they yeah. get the art and you get the exposure and having like a little sticker with the price or like a little QR code which directs people to your site um it may you could you could try something like that i love uh, that there's i've been sort of like <laughs> there's a new you know um independent coffee shop that opened like really just down the road for me um a couple of months ago and i've been befriending slowly the man but i've been too scared to to bring up the thought but i it's on my mind too and yeah i've seen another a few cafes around shortage as well that have that um, so I think that's a fantastic idea and one I will definitely get on. Yeah. Um, the only other things I would say, look at from looking at your TikTok, I think have you have you done a lot of looking into like what other artists post, which maybe get them more views? A bit, not enough. Yeah, I think um, kind of competitor research is like an interesting way to see kind of what 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 is the stuff that that's is trending a good when... piece of advice for everyone listening to yeah actually that's a hidden one uh if you use google facebook ads manager um, uh, yeah you're then able to see any company's ads that they're how, explain to people how they do that because i think people will struggle to figure out how to do that but it's such a good hack you can literally see every live ad any business that has a facebook page is running right yeah so I think the easiest way is just to Google Facebook ads library. Mm -hmm. uh, the top link should take you to a page. Uh, if you select, uh, there's a top bar um, where you can see ones about issues and politics, because that was originally why it was set up. Or you can see all ads. Um, and if you click all ads and then uh, search for the relevant page, uh, you, can, you can see uh, all, all of the advertising they have out. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a small business, maybe maybe for Pappy, maybe he could see uh, what Pandora are doing, or uh, I don't know many male jewelry brands. Search uh, the memes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll trust you there, Angus. <laughs> uh, what 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 advertising they have out? Um, just to kind of get a fit, just kind of get a feel for things and, and what and what's working and what doesn't. Yeah, I'm gonna do that for myself. See if I can find some mid-tier artists who are running ads and see what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the TikTok thing, I always just see that Kaylin Chaub dude who has buckets of paint off string, you know, he like flings them over canvases and they like spin and do kill patterns. But I know what you mean. <laughs> I think whatever small glimmer of hope I have of getting my deposit back on my paint covered apartment would be ruined by that. <laughs> once I get it <laughs> once I upgrade to a studio though. Um, yeah, have you seen I feel like I got I got a massive new lease of motivation for TikTok uh after speaking to Dan and Gate. Um and I'm quite a big fan of some of my recent work on TikTok. And it's like it's not not a big deal or not like it's still not big numbers, but like my average video gets probably 175 views, let's say. And a couple of the recent ones have been like 1,500 sort of numbers. So I'm trending in the right direction. Um, You've ten x it. That's uh, that's great. I think Grant would be proud. Grant Cardone would be proud. 
And I think some of that is variety. I think a lot of what you were maybe posting before was very kind of similar and boring. Uh, music, <laughs> music only, you painting. Um, whereas I think some of the more recent ones which have been successful, like you're using your own voice. Have you seen I the blue encourage... triangle one? I have seen the blue triangle one. That's my uh, fave. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Um, <laughs> But I think I think I think even getting that more personal in those ones and like maybe showing your face a little bit more, having a bit of a quicker starting, just like when I was having a little look around, like people speak at some speed on TikTok yeah. in those first three seconds. That blue um, triangle one, I, I completely agree. And that blue triangle one, I think is my closest it, where it was like jumpy cuts and like I was trying to speak quicker. It's not fully there yet, but I think I'm getting I feel like I'm I, it's like I felt for the first six months of this year that I was just bang which i literally was because i was just posting the same boring fucking shitty time lapses it was the tiktok equivalent of smashing my head against the wall but i feel like yeah i'm like starting to think a bit i just need to now make sure i don't get because i'm trying to think of other i need to just not get stuck in trying to do that one joke over and over again i need to think i need to think of some more ideas <laughs> yeah i think i think in that in that one also you the first word you say is wait um yeah and i, I think anything like where you're like oh i'm gonna tell you something uh you, you keep people that people are intrigued they want to know they don't want to miss out um so, so yeah i've i've set a lofty goal for myself as i'm known to do where i want to get a hundred thousand tiktok followers before the end of the year how do you think i could do that it's a lofty goal um what can happen man watch listen here now everyone listening Check back on December thirty first and look at my hundred thousand plus followers on TikTok. <laughs> I think I think looking at some of the historic ones that you did, I think do it trends and like where you duetted with people is 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 where you've seen uh, quite a few views as well, and and that's maybe something you could do a little bit more of. As I th say, I think looking at what other artists are doing uh, through like that explore page and uh searching like hashtags like uh home artist or mm -hmm. angus let's scrap that bit <laughs> what, what is a home artist <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um amateur artist amateur artist yeah um but any any of those any of those kind of hashtags <laughs> i'm uh, definitely see. not scrapping that bit <laughs> <laughs> there's only um, about four people listening by now anyway i'm sure um oh, yeah, dude cool. although you should see the fucking retention curves on this podcast um it's absurd let me uh see if i can find it real quick this is not going to be good listening for anyone who's listening but uh, <laughs> it's really this is this is the point where we're going to see drop off on this chart but there's this thing chartable and i think it shows uh, i can't find it never mind um but i've seen it before like the it's like 60 or 80 percent like listening pretty much the whole way through which is just mental um that's huge um what was i gonna say though i don't know you're talking about we were talking about your tiktok and getting it to a hundred thousand people it's gonna happen um yeah i think i was just gonna ask because i think that was like the last question on my list that i had written down but i know you've you're very aware of who this podcast aimed at and what the vibe of the podcast is. So any other thoughts that you think would be useful for people listening around marketing, around building a brand, anything like that? 
Um, I think any home artists who are looking to build their following. <laughs> I think understanding like what your niche is and like what what differentiates you uh, from the pack. I think uh, Angus, when you did your sock business, you identified that your difference was that you were like a local Irish uh, company selling funky socks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, it, and then playing on that, like, are you super sustainable, um, or are you like fo- focusing in on one on one thing, or uh, be very clear about what your offering is, um, because people don't spend a lot of time on ads. Ads are generally a nuisance. Um, so being able to communicate and even your key even value prop- posts, I think, right, because yeah we think through like we're talking about ads but i think the same especially if you've got like a business page on instagram like people view those the same as ads and it's the same challenge where if it's something that seems like an ad where you're just like look at this product if you do that three times in a row people are gonna be like all right fuck you now like i'm bored of this um but you need and you yeah you need to like think through every post like being like what someone would want to see rather than being what you want to get like your agenda needs to be the secondary focus rather than the primary focus needs to be what's going to be engaging and entertaining for people who are watching sort of yeah exactly i think you're in a quite luxury position where art is very aesthetically pleasing or should be if you're doing it right angus (laughs) uh where and so like it very much suits instagram and so it's not going to be an annoyance but um yeah it is people don't care about your business and you just got to remember that when you're when you're when you're putting out posts um so what, what can you offer them in, t- in terms of value uh what is is what you're posting interesting uh would you stop for it in the feed and i think thinking about your own behavior uh when, when you're on these platforms what are the ads which capture your attention um are you listening with sound on or do you have sound off like in thinking about like how that impacts what you're creating um yeah love it my my latest tiktok i just posted before we recorded this i have high hopes for uh, it's just a selfie video of me saying that if you post if you post instagram pictures of yourself getting your vaccine you're a massive gimp <laughs> and i would just like to use definitely on brand I would like to use the platform of this podcast to reassert the fact that if anyone listening has posted a picture of their fucking vaccine card on Instagram, fuck you. Like, literally, what other medical procedures are you fucking posting on Instagram, you big fucking sheep? Stop just doing it because everyone else is doing it. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, and do just want to clarify that you are pro-vaccine. I'm double-vaxxed. But yeah. nobody fucking knows because I'm not a fucking gimp who posts about it on Instagram. Oh, wrecks my head. Really, every time I've seen one of those stories, it's triggered me. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? It's it's and it's such an echo chamber. Like they're like all of your friends are both getting vaccine. They're getting both their vaccines. Like you're not convincing anyone here. You're just what's the word that they use? Virtue signaling to your to your yeah. virtue signaling gimpy friends. <sighs> anyway yeah that's it i'd like to i'd I'd like to think that they were doing something positive it's like uh (laughs) it's social proof angus 
that's that's what it is. Fair. That's fair. Uh, um, any other any? I mean, <laughs> normally I say where can people follow you and stuff. I I feel like you're gonna be like, please don't follow me. Yeah, please can, don't. They can connect you on LinkedIn. Maybe they've got a. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if if they if they if they're inclined to uh yeah if they've got a master's in data science you're welcome to connect with thomas on uh linkedin otherwise probably don't bother <laughs> yeah i've got nothing to plug i'm afraid just go to art by angus uh, oh. com and yeah get it get a painter great chat or ebay because it's going to be on ebay soon isn't it yeah or OpenSea. i need that's that's a thing we haven't discussed but which i is really the place i need to explore i think is nfts um because did i tell you about my nft flip you did not gary posted shout out gary vanderchuk in slack our work communications tool um he shared a thing saying this is an nft project i'm passionate about and so i was like I learned my lesson because I was such a moron and I had all my money in Ethereum to buy one of his NFTs and then I completely balled it because the price of Ethereum went up and I made like a grand and I was like, I'm just going to take this money and now if I own one of those NFTs, it'd be worth at least like 20 grand probably. So I learned my lesson, bought one of these new NFTs that he was passionate about for $200 like 10 days later I <laughs> sold it for $3,000 that's that's a lot of money isn't it impressive um and now i've reinvested because i was listening to a podcast so anyone listening this far you're in for a treat with this tip um his most one of his most recent podcast episodes he was talking about how there's this new nft project that no one's really heard of that is actually the oldest nft project on record so it predates crypto punks which have been known as like the earliest one which are mostly selling for millions now. Um, and so I reinvested my my um, flip money into buying two of these curio cards. And I'm hopeful that in 50 years time, I'll have generational wealth in the, the two of those NFTs. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm too risk averse. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I own bonds. <laughs> <laughs> you and my brother would get on you and my brother are very similar investing theses yeah yeah and no, you're both no. smarter than me so um you're probably right but <laughs> i'm having the crack <laughs> i mean yeah it, it, the evidence points to uh it working so uh, working for now can't, can't argue with it well thomas it has been an absolute pleasure have you had fun too I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, yeah, been good. And definitely, I think some super useful um, bits of knowledge for people who are listening. So appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing. And um, now that Thomas is Thomas is newly a newly recruited to a new company, so we have been working together closely for five years, like you said. But now he's leaving, so I'm never going to talk to him again after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at least we've got this for um, posterity. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will uh, I will cash in the checks when this one uh, when the podcast like booms and I can be one of the first one. How how many episodes are we on now, Angus? I believe, excluding the weekly reports, um, this should be. Oh, yeah, so I got real confused. In I look at Spotify and see what number the last episode was, and then I think I misnumbered one of them. 
so there's like two episode 36s so then on the episode on the next one i introduce it as episode 37 but it's actually 38 then we've got 39 <laughs> coming out so this is going to be 40 good number nice round number episode 40 i'll take it i think i could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> in and around 40 and it's on a that professional note, operation oh you know how i roll super sleek um have a lovely evening and uh see you tomorrow <laughs> i guess the next thing yeah exactly yeah i'm i'm just kidding people i'm gonna talk to him again fucking legend chatty soon chat soon have a good evening peace this has been the creative marketing podcast thanks for tuning in tuning in again next week for another episode of the creative marketing podcast with me your host angus boyle on next week's episode, I actually can't tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be the monthly report where we talk about my performance across social media, the podcast, the website, etc. For the last month. And beyond that, make sure that you are nice to other people. Just be kind, okay? <laughs> um, and don't forget to leave a review. Check out pappy.ie for the finest men's jewellery ever made artbyengus.com for the finest abstract art ever made and leave a review subscribe to the podcast share it with 10 of your friends and tell them to share it with 100 of their friends each and i'll see you next time